Welcome to Sugar We're Going Down Podcasting, a Fallout Boy podcast where we go track by random ass track until we die. My name is Caitlin, and joining me until we die is Joe. Hello, I'm Joe. I wow, just realized. I feel like that was the most like upbeat hello you've ever done on this show, <laughs> and, which is so it, funny because it's not like the mood that either of us have been in for the past like five minutes of talking before we started recording. Yeah, well, I had to turn on the podcast mode. That was like an extreme. That was like Joe Podcast X. Hello! Like, just like, hello, I'm Joe. I'm ready. <laughs> it's my uh, my YouTuber persona. That's, this um, is Joe having gotten sleep. Yes, I did get a lot of sleep last night. Thank you for noticing. I am... <laughs> like it's a purse. <laughs> As you were reading the intro, I thought, like I do every week, where I think about Oh, I shouldn't, I don't need to talk about the title necessarily because they already know it. But then I thought about how weird number 15 colon 27 is going to look. It's, uh, uh, <laughs> it's our new Kingdom Hearts game. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 15 over 27 uh, lyrics. The remix. Um, also, also, yeah, Googling 27 lyrics is like just 27 of them. Don't need any more. <laughs> not 26, not 28. Nope. This song's called 27. Uh-huh. Uh, just the two numbers. It's yeah, just just the number two followed by the number seven. Mm-hmm. Twenty-seven, which is the fifteenth episode of this show and the tenth track off of their fourth album, Folly Ado. Mm-hmm. It, like a million other songs in existence, deals with the twenty-seven club, which is a refers to um a weird amount of artists that have died at the age of twenty-seven. Such as you know Kurt Cobain or Amy Winehouse. It's a ah, weirdly see, common I thing. I had no idea that that's what I was referencing. I was like, "Why is it called 27? Yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a weird coincidence that uh, has happened a lot, and a many many an artist uh, have written about you know their own experiences of of being a successful famous artist and living certain lifestyles, and then being like consciously aware of that the entire time they're 27 um well before we hit record you uh accidentally talked about machine gun kelly and i believe he is up on that list of people who have written about it there's mm-hmm. a let live song called uh i don't know if it's 27 or 27 club um that song also fucking deals with religion for some reason um but this is pete winces and according to an interview that is uh referenced on genius.com please sponsor us uh, even his management team wasn't confident that he would make it past 27. And, you know, if this is the record that that uh, those experiences come through, I think that's I think that lines up uh, the, the, the things that he was doing <laughs> at the age of 27. Uh, let me read his quote. I spent most of the year I was 27 toxic, just completely overmedicated. I was stoked to make it past 27. Everyone was really worried. My management company were panicked because I was out of the office and uh, this is in quotes inside of the quote, pharmaceutically engaged. Uh, good one, pal. Pharmaceutically um, engaged would be a good band name. Hell yeah, it would. That's like, um, that's like modern uh, bedroom punk. Like that's up there with mom jeans uh, and graduating life is like pharmaceutically engaged. That should be our band name. Hell yeah. Let's start a band right now. Fuck yes. the podcast. <laughs> Sugar going to podcasting is going on hiatus, so Joe and I can start a band. Hell yeah! <laughs> um, we'll have to we'll have to circle back around to that because plane tickets are expensive. Um, but <laughs> this song 
27 references the lifestyle and I think maybe sort of references um, Pete's outlook on on the club as it may be. Uh, but mostly it is uh, him lamenting toxic lifestyles and uh, in some places toxic friends who amplify that. Also, it shreds. Yeah, my first note literally says just the word shreds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it do shred. It do fucking shred. Yeah, literally as soon as I started, because I couldn't remember which song 27 was when you rolled it. Um, mm-hmm. So I was just like, I just typed 27 into Spotify and was like, well, hopefully it shows up. Um, and it did. Uh, but mm-hmm. as soon as I started, I was like, oh, shit. Hell yeah. Like that intro little little musical number is very good. Sure is. So let's let's dig into it then. It shreds. Pete says some things on it. Well, Pete wrote some things for Patrick to say on it. Um the there's a repeating pre-chorus there's pre-chorus one and then which is repeated twice uh that says it's kind of funny the way we're wearing anchors on our shirts when we're when being anchored aboard just feels like a curse um the annotation talks about uh the sentiment of refuse to sink being associated with anchors which uh everyone gets mad about even the association like the iconography originated with the rope being cut of like refusing to be anchored down um mm-hmm. so uh people who say that need to shut up but that's not even what this fucking lyric is about uh because it's talking about uh when it says we when being anchored aboard feels like a curse um which there is some speculation on another line in this song uh being sort of about just uh it not feeling great to be along for the ride right now like the band um is sort of not on perfect terms and i think that shows in other places in folly do and we've talked to before like you know mm-hmm. this being their last record before breaking up they um are taking a hiatus quote unquote yeah um and it's an interesting thing with this record having you know sentiments of that but also having donnie what a catch which we'll eventually get to um being kind of the antithesis of that but uh, if home is where the heart is, then we're all just fucked. Yikes. That's a, that's a lyric. That's mm-hmm. a hell of a lyric. Pete is, Pete is lamenting how things used to be. This feels like, like we've t- we talked before, I don't remember when, but we've talked a couple times, um, how like you can sort of watch them go from a band that was just coming out of Chicago and you can sort of like Pete writes about this, like how that perspective of his changes. And this feels like a pretty significant moment in that where it's like, you know, this used to be fun. Those used to be good times. Um, but like, what what the fuck is this now? Like I, uh, the lyric goes on to say, I can't remember. I can't remember. Um, and then he starts talking about drug use as escapism, uh, specifically the, the line I'd shoot the sunshine into my veins. Um, I cannot I can't remember the good old days. And. Uh, in pre-course two are all the good times getting gone. Uh, they come and go and go and come and go. <laughs> they they sure do. They sure do. But yeah, 
how how do you how do you feel about the lyrics in this song so i it's interesting because like since i didn't read the like the genius annotation before i um was like taking my notes i was just listening to the song mm-hmm. i totally see the like the the 20 you know like the the toxicity and like the um you know like the toxicity of of oneself in that situation and the toxicity of others um but it definitely also feels like a i think probably the best instance of talking about the relationship with fame and how mm-hmm. that's like affecting him um yeah there there's a couple lyrics that make it like the perspective on it pretty obvious even if you don't know the the lens of the 27 club being used yeah which i haven't heard of i mean i guess we there's a machine gun kelly song that references it but uh it i haven't heard about it as much recently there's like the lyric um i've got a lot of friends who are stars but some are just black holes mm-hmm. definitely stands out like as like really giving a lot of context yeah definitely and i mean like because i definitely like obviously got like there's a couple references to like drug use and stuff Mm-hmm. I guess what it, I have a note that just says it feels like the best execution of the we're famous and it's kind of fucked themes they've been playing with. Yeah. Which I think plays into that. Like, I think they're all kind of connected of like the drug use and the people who die early and like fame mm-hmm. and where it gets you. At, at least there's a very strong narrative there. Yeah. Well, of- especially like of young folks who get famous mm-hmm. in the music industry and then have to like kind of deal with it. But and two, this is like this is like a song where I'm like, no, this is where like I can say with a hundred percent certainty like Pete Wentz is doing good lyricism here. Like mm-hmm. this is a song where I'm like, yeah, I don't really have any problems with it, and like I can say genuinely that I think the lyrics are like well done and interesting, and that like you know it's done well and is thought out in a way that it hasn't been in some of the other songs that we've covered. Yeah, I feel pretty positive about about like um the way this one represents what it's talking about uh in, in various places how do you feel about the chorus overall i think i like it better now that i have the context of the 27 club mm-hmm. i think without that it's it feels a little bit like in the either kind of um it feels like a side thought maybe um okay just because like because when i was listening to it i was like all right i get like you know like i kind of get the with the like the first two lines of the chorus with the my mind is a safe and if i keep it we all get rich my body is an orphanage we take everybody in um like i can see that connecting to the ideas of like feeling disconnected and like kind of unanchored like tying it back into that but Mm -hmm. the doing lines of dust and sweat off of last night's stage just to feel like you i was like Who's the you? And I feel like with the context of the 27, it makes sense of, like, those people. But without that, I was like, I literally had a note that was like, who is the you? Because there's a you that's referenced a couple times. And I was like, I don't know who he's talking about. But now with that context, I'm like, oh, okay, I do. But like, it's a little bit weird without that. 
Yeah, that was something I didn't really think about until I was, like, sort of digging into this for this episode. I was like, I guess I never really, like, engaged with the the last line being just to feel like you. Because, like, I don't know, I guess I didn't care. <laughs> but, uh, because, <laughs> um, like, the other three lines in the chorus are ones that I think are just, like, really good. Just in, in general of, like, conveying something in a backhanded way. And also, it's just extremely easy to, to like yell along to <laughs> like this yeah, like this totally. this song is, is very much one of those in uh in the old discography that you can yeah you this can, is definitely like a on. scream in your car song mm-hmm. yeah my mind is a safe if i keep it then we all get rich which is um you know a little narcissistic uh maybe not even that high on the pete Wentz scale just because that scale is a little busted yeah, I was going to say, this is actually, like, relatively tame. Yeah. Be- and I mean, also, he has, like, at, at least with this, he has, like, the albums and success previously to back it yes, up with. Yeah. Yeah, this yeah this is coming on album four. Uh, obviously, they, they've hit the fame for this to be relevant and the context for everyone saying, like, like he has, like, armies of teenagers talking about how good his lyricism is. Um, so, like... The ultimate... <laughs> The ultimate uh, rubric. <laughs> well, if a bunch of teenagers think I'm good, then goddamn. Um, and I mean, yeah, like, wealth comes with that. Um, and then the next lyric, my body is an orphanage. We take everyone in. Um, it's kind of hard to say specifically what that's referring to, but I think it it, it paints an image regardless. Mm-hmm. Like, how, however you read it, I think it um, it's like a point of desperation or, like, lowered standards or just however fucking like who gives it it's, it's very much yeah, like a, it's, it's very much whoever. like a, just like a, i don't give a shit mm-hmm. which is an interesting um i i almost feel like based on the way we've uh criticized pete before like maybe we should be critical of like the whiplash of talking about an orphanage and then that sentiment um but like it kind of rolls off pretty easily surprisingly if that makes sense yeah well it's also like how do I say this? Like, it, it definitely seems to be eliciting, at least at least to me, it might just be a me thing, but it kind of, li- of elicits that more, like, Dickensian orphanage idea than, like, what mm. the current modern, like, American, like, foster care system or whatever sure. would be, you know what I mean? And so I feel like that's a little bit more of, like, an image than a, like, reference to, like, a real-life thing that has, like, connotations, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I feel like the the tone of the song up to this point, like when you so by the time you hear that line, you already kind of know the context that it's in. Like mm-hmm. I feel like that isn't really something that um has bugged me until like I was like, should it bug me? As I'm like reading through it. Yeah, and then and then doing the lines of dust and sweat off of last night's stage, which um, you know, very succinctly sums up uh the connection between the the fame and the lifestyle that, that Pete is, is selling in this song. Yeah, I do like the added context of, like, 27 with the just to feel like you, because I feel like mm-hmm. the doing lines in Dust of Sweat off last night's stage, there's the reading of just, like, yeah, I'm doing that to keep, like, capturing that feeling. But then when you add the just to feel like you, it adds another layer of, like, mm-hmm. oh, it's not just to necessarily keep capturing the feeling of, like, me being on stage, but it's to kind of capture the feeling of, like, chasing these other really great people who are gone. Yeah, they're all they're all people that are considered like, you know, gone during their prime or, or before their prime, um, because twenty seven is, you know, kinda young. Um, mm-hmm. and it's and it's 
the people that are talked about are again like Kurt Cobain, Jim Morrison, people who are still idolized and um I I've I've known people are in real life to romanticize that like that narrative. And and I and I think this this song kind of portrays that in a way too of like being in that toxic lifestyle and just being like, yeah, like fuck it. Why isn't that something to to go after in a and and like I, I think the song uses its its tone and word choice to kind of like nail home like like starting and ending with the lines like we're all just fucked uh i think makes it kind of clear um and uh being anchored aboard feels like a curse um and then yeah you you talked about the other instance of there being a you spoken about and that comes up in in verse two yeah which this this part it gets into like some more space shit and i'm like p i just need you to fucking chill yeah, I never noticed how often that happens until until we've done this program. Pete Wentz is a space gay confirmed, and it like, yeah. makes me very mad. Space bi. A space queer. Yeah, space um, queer. Because, yeah, and it's like, like, because again, this verse ties into that, like, what we were just talking about of, like, the chasing these people or, like, this mm-hmm. idea, because it's the the mama milligrams in my head burning tobacco in the wind chasing the direction chasing the direction you went and i'm like hell yeah okay get it this is like thematically relevant i'm here mm-hmm. for it and then it gets into the you're a bottled star the planets align you're just like mars you shine in the sky you shine in the sky and i'm like when did this turn into that one remix that we listened to before uh-huh. <laughs> like it literally sounds exactly the same <laughs> Uh-huh. And I'm like, I... But, like, like considerably different meaning and context under it, which which I kind of super love. It feels like this is like the one part of the song where I'm like, oh, you got a little bit off course and I don't really know what you're doing. Sure. And yeah, and I guess especially not knowing the, the context of what the title 27 is referring to, that definitely feels like a non sequitur. Yeah. And I mean, like now that I know I, it's like a little bit better, but I'm still like, I feel like you're getting off the path a little bit here, bud. What are you? Yeah, this is interesting. Um, Something I was thinking about when selecting my pairing uh for for this week's episode i paired uh phantom by nate wants to battle which i've i've mentioned him before on the show but this is the first pairing it's a good name it it is yeah and uh just a sort of brief introduction to 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 nathan's work um he kind of started and and still does this as a as someone who found success on youtube covering anime openings and <laughs> um original songs about about anime and video games and he's very good at that he's a very very talented musician and his original work is also uh, very well done. I would like to see more <laughs> voices like him in that sort of pop punk uh, post hardcore adjacent scene, uh, especially because he's not just a white man. But a lot of his work has sort of uh, discussed the struggle to break out of that sphere. Um, and the p- song I paired is, is Phantom, which is kind of about that, like being drawn into toxic spaces for the sake of fame. And as I was listening, I was just listening to this record. Like I just left it playing after playing Phantom because it's good. It's a good record. And I know that he's influenced by Fall Out Boy, but it's interesting the similarities in how they can write about concepts 
and stuff they deal with. And also there's always like a little bit of a light reading where like there's like a romance thing fit in. I don't know if that's just like because of the genre that feels inherent, but like when you throw in lines like um, you're a bottled star, the planets align. Like it's so easy to read that as like Pete's, you know, seeing someone or anyone in this fame. Um, and it's just like, that's not what the song's about, but that reading, like those lyrics are always kind of in there somewhere. And I wonder how intentional it is for Pete, Pete to use that sort of layer of vagueness. And I think that's what bothers me is I have no fucking idea. And I feel like there's no way to like, <laughs> know Cause it's yeah, just in I mean, there. It's just there. Uh huh. Yeah. I think in, in this song, like it's, it's. I think it's easy to to point out what it is with the title being 27, but maybe also the vagueness, uh, you know, benefits them because people like we know people project their own meanings on the songs and their own readings, like whatever makes you like the song most, you know, nine times out of 10, like that's good. Um, but I, yeah, I just, I do wonder if it's like in, intentional to benefit a demographic or a wider demographic or wider readings, or yeah. if it's just like, um, in in the sense of as I've referred to before, Kanye's uh homecoming, like writing this song about a this using the the pronoun you and uh at the end of the song being like, I'm talking about the city of Chicago. If I had to guess, I would say it's probably more that it feels like it feels like a Pete Wentz abstraction in like like capital P, capital W, capital A. Yeah, I was gonna say put that in the the Fobcast glossary. Up there with questionable bop. Uh, um, just because, like, it really, like, this song feels very tight and put together until you get to that part for me. Like, mm-hmm. literally just those two lines. I'm like, because even if it was just, like, you shine in the sky, I'd be like, yeah, okay, I get that. Because they're stars, like, literally and metaphorically. Like, I get it. I'm on that page. But the, you're a bottled star. The planets align. You're just like Mars. I'm like, ugh. I think I what? wonder if that's like stop it. Yeah, I wonder what Mars specifically being mentioned is. Yeah, and like, I'm just like it? it's it's just like a, it 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 dips a little bit too far off of like the trail of the song to where I'm like, well, now you're in the woods and I can't follow you. Yeah, I'm I'm wondering like knowing what it's about is it like because it's like visible but out of reach, or if you get there, you don't live like what like is is it is it that deep is it not that deep does it just yeah. rhyme with star i don't and see who could say joe pete might be able to say well does he even fucking remember it's been 47 years uh who knows we'll have to get him in the booth um pete uh and also i think that pairs really well with the the pre-chorus that follows it um includes the lyrics that we've already mentioned i've got a lot of friends who are stars but some are just black holes yeah, I like the light space imagery, but especially because that those two lines work so well, like they convey exactly what he's talking about. Just like uh-huh. those two lines are so good and tight and concise and like just they just fucking do the work. And then yeah. this shit, I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah, I, I think paired together, they kind of point a little more at what's being talked about. But again, like without the 27 club context, it's like it's I completely understand being like, eh, well, I don't know what the fuck this is. Yeah. <laughs> is it just, mean, is it just it, a love yeah. lyric and mixed in because it's Pete Wentz or not? Yeah. And I mean, even with the context of the 27 club, I think that helps, but I still don't think it fixes it. 
And like, I don't know, for me, when you pair like that, I've got a lot of friends who are stars, but some are just black holes with the you're a bottled star. I'm kind of like, I feel like the last two lines just kind of show like how fucking over the top the first two are. Like, I just feel like it's like a it's like a contrast of like, this is like so vague and like kind of abstracted and just like, we don't really know exactly what it's trying to do versus these other two lines are like so clean and direct. And like, you're like, yes, I instantly get what you're saying. Like. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a six versus a 10. Yeah. I just, I don't know. That's the only part of the song where I'm like, man, I don't, mm, mm-hmm. mm. I was into it. I was feeling the Pete Wentz lyricism. And then, and then you went and were Pete Wentz and I would just, damn it. Uh huh. I love Pete Wentz until he's Pete Wentz. What can I say? Me. That's me. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's like, I, I've already mentioned how much I like the, the sort of, book ending it with if home is where the heart is then we're all just fuck lyric um because that is the outro that i think we have now been brought to much like this was a tight song that didn't waste any time i think this was a tight episode that didn't waste any time yeah we really got into it i mean like the musicality of it fucking shreds yeah guitar solo is really good Mm -hmm. there was no part of this where i was like man the music just isn't doing it for me well caitlin yes yes joe (laughs) i could hear you just trying to decide if you were supposed to respond or not i was i was thinking i was like was there more am i interrupting (laughs) nine times out of ten like you you say yes when i go to say more and i'm just like i'm like i feel bad so this time i left a ton of space and you were like (laughs) do i say something what's happening (laughs) (laughs) oh caitlin where could people find you on the internet if they wanted to follow your other projects you can find me at CG and 8Rs on Twitter.com, and all of my other shit is in my pinned tweet there. You can find me on Twitter at Ghost of Joe, Ghost of J-O. You can also find me on other podcasts, such as, I'm going to plug Bed Bath & Monocle. I'm going to keep plugging this for a little bit, because we got the creator of The Hard Times on our show for some dumb reason. Um, so if you want to hear me tell the creator of the hard times that I make a f- mean fallout boy podcast immediately after he tells me he just interviewed Andy Hurley, go listen to bed, bath and Bionicle. <laughs> um, he doesn't know what Bionicles are. It's great. We've, we've been getting a lot of guests on that show is, it's great. Thank you, Caitlin, for paving the way for that. You're welcome. I love to be a trailblazer. <laughs> uh, you can also find other great shows on the orange groves podcast network and support that network at theorangegroves.com by the time this is out ideally we'll have a new show on our roster about uh, tabletop RPG game design Uh, I've been producing it it's uh, very good I support it wholeheartedly Um, I think that's already like more plugging than we usually do Um, I've already (laughs) talked about my pairing so if you look in the description or show notes um, you can find the Spotify playlist to you know listen to all of them because I do one every week and I do think that is it. One time I did one. That's true. I I, I keep thinking, like, should I ask you for one? And then we, I, it doesn't come up until you we really record. You really should Just, I really just, I'm not responsible enough to handle that on, like, a regular basis. It really was just, like, a, that one time I was like, hey, I have an idea. Mm-hmm. I guess, yeah, I guess, like, you'll probably catch me before I do it if it happens again. Um... <laughs> But all that being said, Caitlin, Caitlin, Caitlin. Yes, Joe. 
is this more than you bargained for yet? I think this is the first time it wasn't. If if there was another time, it's been so long that I've forgotten. Let us know. <laughs> Let Tweet us know. Us. <laughs> F-O-B, hashtag FOBcast. Let hashtag us know. Hashtag FOBcast. Let us know. Thank you Has for listening, Caitlin everybody. Has ever not been overwhelmed <laughs> or consumed with rage? Thank you for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Welcome to RPG Design Friends, a podcast where we critically talk about tabletop role-playing games, their mechanics, design philosophy, and the scenes surrounding it all. Each episode, we have two guests, designers, podcasters, and other experts to discuss a topic within TTRPGs. It is important to be critical and analyze the stuff we enjoy, and we're glad to do it here at RPG Design Friends.